Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 280 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today's title is Solving Unforced Errors. It really couldn't be be difficult to think of a more critical topic than this. And I was actually challenged this topic by a listener. I'll read you his comments in a second. I've got a bunch of thank yous to to give, and I'm going to save it for the end. I just want to let you know kind of from the beginning here that if you've left a, a review recently of the podcast, and I've got a thank you for you at the end of the show. There's been a whole bunch of them recently that I, I've just neglected to to uh, send out a thank you note. So make sure you listen for that at the end if you've left a, a review recently. So let's move on to uh, today's question, which comes to us from Pedro, who wrote to me and said, I think I've already heard all your podcasts. Well, that would be impressive uh, for sure. I also think that I've never heard you speak about unforced errors, which they say, he put it, they in quotes, are 70% of points. From the research that I've done on the subject, I, I think I was pretty clear on it. However, I wanted you to accept the challenge, again in quotes, of talking about what unforced errors are and how to avoid them. I think you don't have a podcast on this subject and it's so important. Well, I agree 100%, Pedro. And I, I you know what? It, it kind of struck me as kind of strange as well. I went and did a little bit of searching. I do have episode number 184, which is titled How to React to Unforced Errors. And in that episode, it's more mindset. I do talk about some some technical or tactical adjustments, but it's it's mostly focused on on mindset. So unforced errors, of course, are a huge part of the game and something that de- the topic in general pops up frequently in my shows. But you're right; I don't think I've done a dedicated episode until now about unforced errors and how to remedy them, as it were. So. Let's do that. First and foremost, in talking about how important this topic is, we just recently got back from California. We did a whole bunch of clinics in Indian Wells. We do some lower level singles strategy and double strategy clinics. We do some higher level, pretty advanced single strategy and double strategy clinics. Those are two-day events. And one of the most frequently referenced principles. We here at Essential Tennis, we like talking about principles. These are these are elements that we kind of come back to over and over again are critical to understand. They they're underlined and they're foundational. If you don't have those things solid, either in understanding or execution and practice, then you just don't you're going to struggle. You're going to have a hard time ever reaching the level that you have the potential of reaching. So we lead, or I lead, just about every strategy clinic by asking the simple question, how do most points end? And what's interesting is most players get this right. There's a lot of things that kind of shock me that tennis players are not aware of or don't know the answer to. This one is is very uh, well understood, that most points end with somebody making a mistake, not hitting a winner. And yet, when you go to your local courts, Watching players that are uh, beginner to intermediate level, you, you would kind of assume that this is a secret and nobody knows that. 
because uh, there's players trying all kinds of shots, or maybe it's just there's low awareness of what's kind of a, a good shot and what's a bad shot, and we'll get to that in a second. First, let's answer Pedro's question, which is, which is, first of all, what are they? What is an unforced error? And the kind of the, the personal definition I've used for a little while, and we'll, we'll break it down a little bit, is an unforced error is missing a shot that you should have reasonably made. And so it, there's not many shots in tennis where you're just in perfect perfect position, not, not stressed or challenged at all, and you just have the balls right in your strike zone, that doesn't happen very often. But there's a big difference between being stretched and pressured and being neutral or being in perfect balance. And so an unforced error is basically a shot that given the position, given your balance, given the amount of time that you had, and those are really the three criteria that, that you need to look at, Given those three elements, assuming that they're all reasonably in kind of a normal range, if you miss the shot, then it's on you. And that's another way of kind of explaining it in a nutshell. It's your fault, not your opponent's great shot. There's lots of, lots of points in tennis that end with uh, a great shot by an opponent, and the other person may have gotten to it. It wasn't a winner, which, by the way, the definition of a winner is a shot that isn't even touched. It bounces twice before the other person can even get a racket on it. But there's lots of situations in tennis where a racket gets on the ball before it bounces twice, but it was so well hit, so well positioned that it took time away from the opponent or put them in a compromised position, in an uncomfortable position, or threw them off balance physically. And so it's, an, it's a forced error. That's not what an unforced error is. Unforced error is a shot that it's on you. You were in good position, you had plenty of time, you were in good balance, and you just missed. So let's talk about how they happen. This is really where we get to the, the critical concepts here. There's two different ways, two different main types of unforced error. And this, for me, is a critical distinction and something that, excuse me, I think few players are, are really very uh, cognizant of. The first type of, actually, you know what, I'm going to switch these in my outline. Because I'm, I'm going to start with the one that's obvious that everybody focuses on, and then we'll move to the one that I think is very much below the radar. The first type of unforced error is execution. And this is universal experience for tennis players. I don't care how long you've been playing, what level you play at, how talented you are, or how much you practice, you will miss. You will make unforced errors. Kevin, one of our newest coaches here at Essential Tennis, I'm trying to remember what the context was. I believe, oh, it was during a live coaching session with our academy students not too long ago. He made the statement, there's no such thing as an easy tennis shot. And I think that's actually a great quote. Not to not to make tennis sound like it's unbelievably difficult, but frankly, tennis is, is complex. It's nuanced. It takes many different disciplines. There's many things, many layers of different skills all coming together at the same time to hit a tennis ball, even a relatively easy ball. There's a lot of different ways that you can potentially mess it up. It depends on your training and how long you've been, you've been playing and your awareness, et cetera, et cetera. But broadly speaking, you look at Federer, Serena Williams, all the biggest names, they've all missed every type of shot there is badly with, without any good reason for missing it. 
every player in the history of the world and the history of the sport has made unforced errors on every type of shot and they will continue to make unforced errors on every type of shot until they put the racket down and stop playing. This is, we're going to get into kind of mindset in a little bit, but it starts with this understanding. It begins with this acceptance that every player in the history of time that's ever swung a racket makes unforced errors and every, I'm sorry, has made unforced errors and every player that will ever, ever swing a racket moving forwards will make unforced errors. Those are execution errors. It comes down to not quite lining up the angle of the racket face at exactly the right angle, having the, having the ball hit a little bit off center, having a little bit too physical, a little bit too much physical tension in your body, having your body being ju- just a little bit out of position, an inch or two in, in the wrong direction makes everything else uncomfortable. There's infinite ways technically to mess up a tennis shot. Those are executioners, and they're, they happen to every player at every level every time they step onto the court. Hopefully you get the, the gist here. <laughs> so that's uh, way number one in which, in which unforced errors happen. The second way is much more nuanced one and much more beneath the radar. In fact, many of you listening are not aware of these at all, kind of by definition. And those are intention errors. This is critical, critical to understand. There are many times where players are in, in balance, they're in position, they've got plenty of time, and they execute well, but their intention for the shot was poor and it leads to a mistake. Please listen to me very carefully. It's possible to execute perfectly, but still make an unforced error. And that happens when you pick poor targets. And this we can break down into two kind of subcategories beneath intention errors. Number one is poor conscious choices of targets and patterns, meaning you're playing singles or doubles and you purposefully choose a poor target. And in singles, I mean, the notorious mistake is engaging in a a singles rally, a singles exchange, and pulling the trigger and going down the line without any kind of good reason, just going down the line for the sake of going down the line. And in particular, going down the line and aiming for the line or aiming a foot away from the line is way closer than the vast majority of directional changes that professional players make. And yet amateur players try it all the time. And so this is a a conscious choice to try the wrong shot. And when timing is off by a tiny, tiny split fraction of a second, then you, you just missed the shot. And so your execution may have been excellent in terms of how you moved your body, your position, your balance, how energy flowed through your body and out through the racket. Everything was perfect, but the, the target that you chose left you little to no margin for error. And so you ended up making a mistake for no good reason based on the poor decision. Uh, doubles, the, the specific selection I used, uh, shot selection I used just as an example, is one I'm definitely very guilty of, is going for a really short, really angled volley in a point situation where it really wasn't necessary at all. Both those choices, going down the line, aiming for the line in singles, and trying the super short angled volley, trying to 
play like the tricky sneaky shot and doubles they're both super attractive and, and when we make them it's it's incredible i hit earlier today and i made <laughs> i like it one particular forehand down the line that i just hit as hard as i could just for fun and it hit the line those are the shots that for whatever reason i'm sure there's some biological reason for this there's some psychological reason for this they they stick out in our minds and it's like a magnet pulling us back to those <laughs> it's almost like it's because subconsciously we know it's it was the wrong choice but we got away with it anyway i think with the, in the case of a lot of males like myself that's probably a, a big part of the the draw to going back to it and trying it again but in any event those are consciously chosen poor shot selections that lead to a lot of mistakes and then you've got your low pattern awareness, low intention or no intention errors. And this is, this is, these are the ones that really bother me the most as a coach. And these are the ones that I work the hardest to reverse when players come out and work with us in our strategy uh, coaching clinics. This is what we spend the most amount of time working on. Forehand execution from Jim to Tom to Steve to Betty to Ann can be totally different, but having the right intention or pattern or awareness of target and choosing the right target over the poor target on purpose, being intentional and purposeful about where we aim and why and when, that can cut out a, an, a huge number of errors that are completely unnecessary that happen just because we're not be doing a good job of picking smart targets. And there's a lot of you listening right now that are just hitting shots. And, you know, I'm not trying to, to strategy shame you. That's just the reality of, of tennis. At a lot of levels of tennis, it's just picking whatever in the moment seems good. And usually that coincides with like, oh, well, where's the biggest, you know, chunk of real estate? Oh, I think I'll hit over there. There's no awareness of geometry. There's no awareness of patterns of play. There's no awareness of different plays that are at your disposal. And it's just hitting shots. And so sometimes you accidentally hit, sometimes you accidentally make good tactical decisions and have good results. Sometimes you accidentally make bad, bad ta tactical decisions. And those are usually the lower percentage shots based on geometry and patterns of play and directions of shot. And that's when a lot of mistakes creep into play, even when your execution was pretty good. So there, there's an overview of what unforced errors are, how they happen. They happen from poor intention or no intention, or they happen from execution errors. Now let's talk about how to minimize them. And I've got three steps here. Step one, pick the low hanging fruits. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, then you already have good framework in your head about where I'm going with this. But basically, raising your level of pattern awareness and improving the quality of your intention to fit higher quality target selections in, into your game is the low-hanging fruit, a.k.a. Raising your awareness of good patterns versus bad patterns and, a, and raising your level and quality of intention behind what targets you pick and when you pick them is the easiest way to cut down unforced errors. And that's definitely where I recommend players start, especially if you don't want to invest in any long-term 
improvements, or that's not the right way of saying it, long-term discomfort in your technique. If you're not one to want to change strokes, if you're not one uh, to want to be uncomfortable for a while for the sake of improvement down the road, then fixing the, the tactical choices, the intention errors, both uh, no intention and and poor intention, meaning the wrong tactical choices, that's the fastest way to cut out errors from your game. So that's step number one. Pick the low-hanging fruit first, and, and that's my suggestion to you. Step number two is purposefully train your movement patterns to be higher quality, more fundamentally sound, and more repeatable. Now, keep in mind that this never ends. Single strategy is relatively simple. Now, there's a lot of nuance. You know, there, there's a lot of if-then. Uh, you know, this type of opponent and this type of environment. Uh, there, there's a lot of rules to remember. But once once you got them, then then you're all set. And more or less, you know, once the software is installed, then you're 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 pretty much good to go. Of course, there's there's different layers and different types of opponents to learn about. And I'm not trying to say that you stop learning about tactics or strategy, uh, but compared to technical improvements, strategy is is relatively very very simple. Technical improvements never end. It's a lifelong journey. It lasts forever. And this, I mean, this perfect example of this is Federer, who continues to work hard at his game, continues to make improvements to his execution. It's been, you know, clear over the years, and lots of other players too. I mean, it's not just Federer, but he's the one everybody's talking about right now. At his age, executing the way he is, some of the best tennis of his career at age, is he 37 yet? I know, I know for sure he's 36. But purposefully training your movement patterns to be higher quality it, it never ends, but it's another way to cut out mistakes and unforced errors. And there's a lot of different ways to do that, and we're not going to dive into it here. There's been many, many episodes just on that topic. Uh, but quality of training, quality of focus, uh, the, the, the importance of which elements you focus on, and having good order of operations, all, all those things are super critical to your success. But keep in, keep in mind, this is a long-term play. This is a marathon. Uh, not that, again, single strategy, you can't continue to learn, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's much more binary. It's like you either know the patterns or you don't, whereas technique is always, no matter how good of an athlete you are, no matter how much you train, there's always the next level of execution the next level of repeatability, the next level of being fundamentally sound with how you move your body. So that's step two, purposely training your, your mechanics and how you move your body. Step three is improve your relationship with unforced errors. Accept their inevitable place in your tennis journey. This is really important. And this is really this was really the focus of episode number 184. If you want to dive into that, how to react to unforced errors was really just all about this final point that I'm going to make. You've got to accept that unforced errors happen to everybody, no matter what their level. Every time they step out onto the court, I already kind of dove into that a little bit earlier in this episode. So different players have different amounts of struggle with this. Mine were really serious for a while. You have to put your perfectionism aside. I can very much speak from experience there. And then also, I, I think a big kind of uh, concept or I guess mental framework tip from me is view unforced errors as feedback, not failure. 
and this, you know, especially is targeted towards those of us who tend to be perfectionistic. But when, when we miss a mistake, even if we're not a big type A perfectionist kind of, kind of personality, when we invest a lot of time, a lot of reps, a lot of effort, a lot of money in some cases into our games, we have a certain expectation and that expectation can get really skewed. It can get really flawed and we lose sight of the fact that Federer dumps forehands in the net and wide and long every single match. And we, for whatever reason, start to believe that we should be immune from that because, oh, we've worked so hard, which is nothing compared to the sacrifices and, and efforts that professional players have made. And they make all the same mistakes that we do, every single one of them. So rather than failure, I highly recommend you view unforced errors as feedback, meaning use them to reverse engineer improvements and say, well, crap, that's my third forehand in a row that's gone into the net. What technical thing can I adjust to improve this on the next repetition? And then view what happens, experiment, see what happens, make an adjustment, so on and so forth. But if we get caught up in the negativity of it, if we get caught up in the 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 negative emotional response to the error, then all of a sudden we're just kind of, we get blindsided by the emotion of it and we lose the opportunity that we have to make improvements. So there you go, Pedro. Challenge accepted. This has been uh, solving unforced errors. So uh, we went through definition, how they happen, two main types of unforced error, intention related, execution related, and how to minimize them. Uh, focusing on tactics, training your movement patterns, improving your mental reaction, your, your mental toughness, your relationship with unforced errors. Hope this has been a huge, huge help to you. And uh, if it has, do me a favor, leave a review of the podcast either um, on your iPhone podcasts app or in the iTunes music store. There's a, you can search for Essential Tennis Podcast, leave a review there. There's been a whole bunch of them the last month or two. And really quickly, I want to give a shout out to, to several people who were kind enough to write a review, which really helps me tremendously. And those people are Korean Apps, Rob Hunting, Sweet Lou, uh, Go Fan Yourself, I'm pretty sure, as in a French tennis player, a G-O-F-F-I-N, Go Fan uh, Yourself. Uh, Gus Online Alley. I think it is Gus Online Alley. Coach Betts, uh, Sayatopa, and Amy Petro. Thank you all so much. Uh, recently, just in the last couple of weeks, leaving a review really helps me a lot. And not just in terms of like search results and stuff, but it's really helpful for me to hear from, uh, from those of you who appreciate the show and uh, are encouraged by it and are learning from it and are playing better tennis because of it. So if that's you, do me a favor, leave a review, tell somebody else about the, the, the podcast. Appreciate your support tremendously. And really more than anything, thank you so much for your time and for your attention as I continue to release these episodes. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.